ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 362nd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons came up to Cincinnati. They, they said they were going up north and uh, had a difficult day over at Paycor Stadium as the Bengals beat them 35-17. to We've seen this trend uh, early in the season against uh, good teams. Against the Rams, they fell behind 28-3 and came back, made that a one-score game. Against Tampa Bay, they jumped out, uh, fell behind 21-0, came back, made it a one-score game. Today, the Bengals wouldn't let that happen. Got out to a 21-0 lead. Falcons scored, then the Bengals scored again. The Bengals scored five times on touchdown drives. Only had two punts, one turnover on downs. And then one uh, at the end of the game where they could have punched it in, but uh, took a knee at the end there. So it was a Joe Burrow day here off of the banks of the Ohio River. He threw for 481 yards, came close to the most yards ever given up by the Falcons, which was 499 uh, back in 2004 uh, to Jake the Snake Plumber. So uh, Jake the Snake and uh, Joe Burrow have some history now in the Atlanta Falcons history books. So the Falcons dropped to three and four on the season. The Bengals improved to four and three. Good news for the Falcons is they remain in first place in the NFC South because Tampa Bay was uh, uh, also defeated today. So those are some of our game notes here. You know, the Falcons fell 35-17 at Paycor. The offense only had 214 net yards, uh, including 107 rushing. Uh, the Bengals, Joe Burrow, he was sacked three times, but he, like I said, threw for 481 passing yards against the Atlanta Falcons, who also had wide receiver Alamade Sakia serve as the Falcons' sixth captain today here in Cincinnati. So let's go and get some of the information from the players and the coaches uh, of the Atlanta Falcons. And let's turn first to Coach Arthur Smith to describe for us um, his thoughts on this loss. Yeah, we're not going to make excuses. Credit to Cincy. Um, they out-executed us, and we can all do better, starting with me. And... Uh, Credit to Cincy. We got to find a way to we get on the road against a good team like that. We got to start better. Yeah, it's happened three times. So um, the good thing for the Coach Smith and the Falcons, they don't play any more good teams. <laughs> I mean, I looked at the schedule. The only team with a winning record coming into this week's game games was the 
Los Angeles Chargers. They were 4-2. That's the only team on their schedule with the winning record. I mean, go look at it. Got the Bears, the Commandos, two against the Panthers. The Bucks have a losing record. Uh, you got, um, you know, go look at that schedule. We put it in the story last week. So uh, if they play their, you know, clean football, run the ball, no mistakes, opportunistic on defense, you know, that's the kind of team they, they, they have. That's when the, that that's worked in the three games they won. Uh, that's going to have to be their formula to win some of these games, starting with Carolina next Sunday at the Bins. So let's also, um, you know, Coach Smith, we want to know about, hey, what are your thoughts on Joe Burrow's this big day? Well, you throw a lot of different looks at him, and he knows where to go if he had time. I mean, uh, at times we got to him, and even when they were off track, he came back on some of the second get back on track downs and, and hurt us, uh, found the soft spots in the zones, uh, threw different looks at them through simulated pressures. But he said they got open and uh, we didn't do a good enough job executing. And, you know, one of the ongoing themes this season is uh, getting the ball to Kyle Pitts. And, uh, you know, they haven't been able to do it. But, you know, they let us know that, hey, he's blocking well. He pulled the coverage down that allowed Bird to go over the top on the 75-yard uh, touchdown play. You don't get an assist in the stats for that. And your fantasy owners don't get the 75 yards either. <laughs> but he caught three of five targets for nine yards, a long of seven. And so we asked uh, Coach Smith on Kyle Pitts how much they, you know, went to him today. I mean, we went out to Kyle with the safety Drives on it. That's how you get the 75-yard touchdown, Josh. He's targeted plenty in our offense. Uh, caught the one on the colon. Thought maybe he had a chance to uh, – he didn't have control of it until afterwards. Uh, those guys are continuing to be a big part of our offense like they always are every week. Well, all right. He said both of those guys, he's referring to Drake London and Kyle Pitts. In London, today, by the time we got in the locker room, he was already headed to the bus. Yeah, Drake had one of one and nine, uh, nine yards. So here's Kyle Pitts on his workload today. I would say the theme of the week was unselfishness, and you know it's not really, you know, I wouldn't say I dictated, you know, whether we won or lost. So, um, you know, Rodney found my way to some of those plays, and well, I stood out, went out there and did my job. Yeah, and let me go back here to Coach Smith. We wanted to know what was his message to the team after the loss. Yeah, back to work. D-led, uh, obviously, credit the Sensi. We didn't do a good enough job. None of us did, you know, being ready to, against a good team on the road. Uh, thankful it only counts as one. It's a long season, and we got to get back to work. we got to get these corrections, and we got to get ready to go for a divisional game at home. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, talk to Grady Jarrett. Uh, Grady, uh, uh, Grady was, you know, he's a load. He's, he's uh, definitely going to the Pro Bowl here. Definitely playing like that early in the season. Uh, so, um, and I'm just looking up his line real quick because I know he was around the ball today. He had two tackles, one sack for six, one tackle for a loss, and three quarterback hits, and even a pass defense. So, Grady's continuing to play at a high level. Here's uh, what we asked Grady about, you know, is, hey, uh, how do y'all move forward? What's the level of optimism moving forward? You know, I feel like we're getting better week in and week out, you know. Um, we're learning from our losses, learning from our shortcomings, but still a lot of optimism going forward. And um, we just got a group of guys that believe in each other so much and know that our, our best football is still ahead of us. You know, we just got to go get that game, make it happen. 
Yeah, and uh, this is the toughest loss of the year. Everything was down to the wire. You know, they did cut it to 28-17, but the Bengals were never threatened. And the Bengals held them, you know, talk about ball control football. They held the Falcons to 40 yards in the second half. 40.40. That's all they gave them. So, um, you know, it's it's a, it's a tough one. They got to bounce back from it. And um, uh, we'll see how they do that moving forward. So it's going to... Uh, it's going to be pretty quick here with the offensive notes. Wasn't that much offense today. So let's get through them. And then we'll take a break and come back with the mailbag. So Marcus Mariota, after you know going 13 and 14 last week, was 8 of 13 in this one for 124 yards, 75 on one on the one play. The uh, passer rating was 118.8. Okay, and uh, Mariota's 75-yard touchdown pass to Demir Bird ties his career long. Uh, he did it on September the 8th, 2019 at Cleveland and November 16th, yeah, November 16th, 2017 at Pittsburgh. All three of his 70-yard touchdown passes have come on the road against AFC North opponents. All right, uh, Ricky running back Tyler Algier carried uh, most of the load today. He had 50 yards rushing here uh, and his first career touchdown. Had his first career touchdown, a rookie from BYU. And uh, he had uh, he ran with some power there when he could get loose. They ran for 29 for 107 overall. Uh, Caleb Punley had 6 for 40 to 22. Mariota, 6 for 31. Avery Williams, 1 for 4. So that's your running back by committee. Now, uh, if we count this right, this will be the fourth game for Cordell Patterson. He'll be eligible to come back against the Chargers. So um, this will be his last game. Uh, the little committee's doing a good job, but, uh, you know, they may, uh, everybody will be excited to get Cordell back on the team there. Algier has 285 yards rushing. They're the fifth most by a Falcon rookie over the first seven weeks of the season. And the most since Jarius Norwood's 290 yards in 2006. All right, Avery Williams, he recorded a high 64-yard uh, punt return, 64-point return yards for two um, returns. Had a career-long 57-yard punt return. That set up the field goal there right before the half. So that 57-yard punt return, that was uh, Avery Williams. It was the first time the Falcons have had a punt return of 50-plus yards since week of 11 of 2019 when Kenyon Barner uh, took a punt back 78 yards for a touchdown. And our last little... Um, Offensive note, Demir Bird recorded one reception for 75 yards and that one receiving touchdown, the first of the season and sixth of his career. Also, that 75-yard touchdown marked a career-long and Atlanta's longest play of the season. The two other players were uh, tied. It was an Algier run of 42 yards and the Alameda Zacchaeus uh, pass against Cleveland where, you know, he threw it back across the field and got 42 yards out of that. So there we go. We um, 
Didn't have a whole lot of offense to, to bring you, but that's what we had. And uh, now what we're going to do is we're going to take a break and come back with the mailbag. This is the Bowtie Chronicles of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles. Uh, we're going to go right to the mailbag. We have our executive producer, Daniel Solerson, with us here today uh, to, to field some of the questions you all sent to us after the game. So um, we probably need to tell you how to be a little bit nicer so we can use words we can uh, put on the air. <laughs> no, it was a tough game for you, but uh, we added it. The, uh, some of the answers, some of the questions down so that we can try to answer them for you. So, Daniel, what do we have from the mailbag? Hey, good to talk to you, D-Led. We'll start with Scott Karasik at Karasik S. When will Mariota get benched for Ritter? He's providing a net negative as a passer and a QB that seems like there's been, every time we do a mailbag, at least one question on Mariota. So, d I'm not sure your answer is going to change uh, from week to week, but uh, at least get your thoughts here on, on Mariota and will he ever get benched for Ritter this season? Uh, he won't get benched, it's, and it's still uh, uh, the same answer. They they uh, are going to develop him. He's being developed. He, he's working in practice. He's working after practice. And when he's ready to play, they're going to play him. But it's, they're not benching Mariota. Uh, I mean, unless something else happens. That's where they're at right now. And you can go look at the uh, quotes from Coach Smith today. He was asked about uh, Ritter. And then we have a story online that Trevin Gray, one of our interns, did last week about, you know, Mariota returning to Cincinnati kind of, you know, as a backup when, you know, used to be pretty much the mayor or the vice mayor of the city. So, you got, you know, we, we're feeding you your Ritter stuff. Folks don't want to hear it. They got these great ideas that they're better or smarter than the coaches. And, um, you know, more power to them. But not, there's not even been any talk of anybody benching anybody. There hasn't been any uh, repetition split in practice. So, for now, Marietta's, uh, Mariota is the Falcons quarterback for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I feel like as long as they're in the race for the division, I don't think anything's going to change there. And with the Tampa Bay loss, both teams at three and four still have an equal shot at winning it all as far as the NFC South. All right, the next one, again, you can follow uh, D-Led on Twitter at DOrlandoAJC. That's where to tweet him for the mailbag segment at BitBoy underscore. What are some changes that should be made on either side of the ball? What should the Falcons be doing differently right now if they can? Yeah, um, they're limited. They're limited. They can't play man. So uh, when they did go blitz Joe Burrow, you know, they had to play man there. But they can't do that as a steady way to go after quarterbacks. So they got to play zones and rally to the ball. What they're doing 
in their zones that what we don't like. Uh, I say we, me and Michael Cunningham, we're working together today in the press box, and we don't like all the yak yards. Uh, there were four receivers with at least 25 yak yards. So that means that Joe was hitting his guys in the zone, and the Falcons wasn't going to tackle or wasn't going fast enough to tackle. Or they gave up too, whatever, too much yards. Or If you're playing the zone, you know where the holes are, you know where the ball's going, then you go, you know, hit the guy and tackle the ball. And we saw too much. And, you know, that one run by Jamar Chase, that was just Jamar Chase. So you probably, you know, need to tackle a little bit better. But um, that's where we are with that. On a defense, tackle better. Offense, you know, it's a real limited situation you know they did show a drop back bomb today you know they tried to throw it one other game and didn't hit it but they hit it today so that was big to uh, have on tape throwing the ball down the field I don't know why they came out with all these screens today the Bengals don't blitz the Bengals were soft up the middle I mean that's what my people told me in Cincinnati all last week was the the tackle was out the linebacker Logan Wilson went playing um run the ball down their throat so you know, the Falcons came out throwing these bubble screens and stuff. Next thing you know, they're down 21 to nothing. So those are some of the things that can change. All right, and last one from, and I apologize if I mispronounce any of these, Mua, at Mua Tufang. Pitts, what about Kyle Pitts? Is it more coaching or is it more Mariota as far as the touches or the targets that Kyle Pitts is getting? No, it's more defenses, uh, you know, double teaming him and the Falcons not forcing him the ball. So I know that that doesn't change either, but uh, they could do things. They do move him around. Uh, Coach Zach Taylor gave us a good synopsis of how the Falcons use him in um, his Q&A last Wednesday, and that's up online. You can Google uh, Zach Taylor, Falcons offense, Kyle Pitts, and that explains it to you how they move him around and how they try to use him. Uh, but the Bengals were on to it, and countered with some some self safety help and a few other things that you know they'll put Kyle in a formation that looks like a run formation then they'll try to throw out of it or they'll come in a you know run formation or throw formation and try to run out of so you know it's a little cat and mouse with the coordinators and the the defensive coordinators and the offensive coaches but you got to find some stuff that he can do every week I don't see that being a problem in Kansas City uh, with Travis Kelsey. So uh, George Kittle in San Francisco, they seem to get, you know, four or five balls every week at least. So, but yeah, they're in a different state. This is not um, a traditional quarterback. They're playing a lot of high school, college pistol spread, all that RPO stuff. So, you know, you're not dropping back 40 times a game, throwing it like you did with Matt Ryan. So, a little different brand of football that's not, you know, all the way passer friendly. So we, you kind of gotta recognize that Kyle Pitts' numbers are gonna be down in this thing until you get a quarterback in there that's a, you know, better pass. All right, good stuff. D led with the mailbag. You can follow him on Twitter at d orlando ajc, and I'll send it back to you. All right, Daniel, thank you, thank you so much for uh, helping out with the mailbag. We'll. Keep doing that. Um, you know, looks like we're going to be in for a long season of right around the playoff line like they were last year. So hunker down, and uh, we'll see you at the stadium 
on Sunday. All right, let's talk to, you know, some of the uh, guys on the defensive side of the ball. When you give up 480 yards, you know, we we need to come get some answers. So one of my guys, uh, Rashawn Evans, we uh, want to talk to him. He's such a, a pro's pro. And we want to know, you know, the state of the team. And are they a better team than what they showed today? You got to understand that you got to come and bring it every each and every week. And we just didn't bring it this week. We know we're a better team than that. We know we're better than the things that we put out on film. But, you know, at the same time, you got another opportunity to be able to fix things, to be able to change things. So, you know, we're still in a good position. We still got opportunity to be able to, uh, you know, run away, with, run away with this thing. But, you know, the main thing is to, you know, make sure you run away with it when you had opportunity. And one of the things that uh, Rashawn said is like, hey, you know, we've been up and down. We win one, we lose one. It's a close game. It goes down to the end. Uh, you know, then we beat somebody. It's like um, the good teams are consistent. I think he even said persistent, too. So he discusses uh, why the Falcons need to be a more consistent team. Really close to winning and get beat really bad and then get another chance to win. And, you know, it's up and down like a roller coaster. You know, we, we want to be in a situation where we're more consistent, where, you know, we stay steady. Where we're constantly winning, we get on the roll. And that's what all we're trying to find. We're trying to find that rhythm. And, uh, you know, you got to get kudos to Cincinnati. You know, they're a good team at the end of the day, you know. But it, it's, they're, they're, they're not a team that, you, you know, that you're just going to come out and just beat just because you're there. Um, but we know at the end of the day, man, it's a long season. We got another opportunity to be able to, you know, get this thing rolling next weekend. You know, that the biggest thing is just making sure we take take control of our opportunities. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, this was another um, milestone game, kind of, or could have been uh, a turn the corner game if they pulled it out some kind of way. The Falcons have been to 500 three times now in the last two seasons under Arthur Smith. Four and four, and then, you know, they never could get over the hump last year. And then this year, um, going into Tampa Bay, they're two and two. And, you know, then again today, they're three and three. But they haven't been able to get over 500 since the end of the 2017 season. So the way the schedule's looking now, that might happen here in the next month. Uh, if they can handle the Chargers and win both for the Carolina games, that gives you three. That'll make you six and four. That would put you over, over the 500 mark. Okay, the Falcons are hurting really bad. Casey Hayward's on IR. AJ doesn't look good. He, he hurt his hamstring last week, and they said it was a thigh, but he was grabbing his hamstring. So uh, now it's a hamstring injury, and he you know didn't finish this game either. And also, safety Jalen Hawkins, he um, was being examined for a concussion. And Coach, Coach Smith didn't know if he was in the concussion protocol or not yet. So, um, yeah, so so we don't know about Jalen either. Uh, Doug Marlowe went in for him. You know, Darren Hall went in for Hayward. Uh, and then Cornell Armstrong, who's on the practice squad, uh, he came up. We'll hear for him later. But now, all of a sudden, Richie Grant's the last man standing back there. And you got Isaiah Oliver at nickel. So, you know, team saw what Joe Burrows did to the Falcons' zones. And so, um, I don't know if uh, Burrow, 
I don't know if Sam Darnold came back today or P.J. Walker, but I'll look at that Carolina game before we get to our midweek eval and see if Carolina can try to do anything the Bengals did against them. But Richie Grant's going to be the veteran back there uh, for the foreseeable future. And uh, we want to see um, uh, from Richie Grant, you know, how the guys have to step up in the secondary. I mean, it's tough. I mean, like you said, those are uh, the start of the season. Those were our number ones. But I believe in the guys we got in mind, man. Like, right now is their time. Um, it was uh, Cornell's first game, first game back. Glad to have him back. And like I said, we're going to look at the film. We're going to make the correction and move on. All right. And Cornell is Cornell Armstrong. He was called up from the practice squad on Saturday. And ended up having to start and play Jamar Chase and uh, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd got it started with a 60-yard bomb and uh, it didn't really stop until the Bengals took a knee at the end. Uh, it was uh, I saw Dean Pease leaving the locker room. He wasn't in the best of uh, spirits today. But here is Cornell. A little bit about Cornell. We got a story up on him online. He um, was a six-round pick by the Dolphins in 2018. You know, played 15 games with them, got cut, and then he was with the uh, Houston Texans. You know, up and down, practice squad guy, you know, just kind of on the fringes of the league type of guy. Played five games one year, then 15, uh, then 10 the next. Uh, then, you know, the Falcons signed him. So he's uh, providing depth, and now that depth is uh, going to have to play because in addition to the injuries I told you about, it was a uh, – D. Alford's also out with a hamstring. So, uh, you know, they're down to, you know, we're down to cornerback number eight and number nine <laughs> right now. So let's hear from Cornell. He, um, you know, told us about uh, Coach Arthur Smith's message to him before the game. I mean, here we're just all about family. And, uh, like I said, I got the call and I uh, got pulled up to the 53-man roster. And uh, they were just encouraging me, you know what I'm saying, to just keep doing what I'm doing and uh, yeah. make plays all week. So I just got to keep going and uh, keep yeah. improving each week, keep stacking days and just knowing that I that I got it in me and I just want to give these guys more because they believe in me also. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Cornell, that story is there. He's uh, the good guy to talk to. We hadn't talked to him before and a uh, real, um, you know, humble guy. He made some plays. They got him for some other plays. Uh he had eight tackles, so he knew the ball was coming his way, and uh, he 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 was game. He was game. He was game. He was game. He got uh he did his job, and uh, but I'm sure there were some you know mistakes and all that. It's, uh, but I'm sure they'll try to get that uh, corrected with him. So we were like, hey, you get the call, you got to play, and he he's like, hey, well, I'm always ready if my name is called. I feel like I'd be prepared. I mean, I prepared myself. Even when I didn't get the call last week, I prepare every week. Like, I'm going to be called up. So, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And I'm going to keep getting better. All right. That's Cornell Lake. Cornell, not Lake. <laughs> Cornell Armstrong of the Atlanta Falcons. We'll see how much he's going to be playing here. Uh, uh, moving forward, they're dinged up. You know, the key is not to rush, especially hamstrings, because then you, like, blow them. So, you got to let uh, Terrell and Alfred uh, get those uh, hamstrings together. I don't know if you move Isaiah Oliver back outside. They like him so much at the nickel, but, you know, you got to look at, 
you know, what are your options outside at cornerback? So another guy that we, you know, we have to talk to, um, one of the, you know, leaders, he's back uh, after a groin uh, injury. Mikael Walker is uh, back. He, uh, you know, he's, he's the signal caller, and he's not happy about the about what happened today. And, uh, you know, he makes a good point about tackling. You know, once the guys catch the ball, they're going to catch the ball in the zones, then you got to come up and tackle. And he had four tackles today in his first game back. So let's hear from Mikael Walker. Uh, just chatting with him about the defense. Uh, how's the uh, unit you know, try to move forward from a game like this? I mean, knew it was a uh, tough team that could throw. And you got people down, so that didn't help at the gathering. But uh, how do y'all try to move forward from this? Yeah, we just get back in the, get back in the locker room uh, on Monday, watch the film tomorrow. Um, obviously, take constructive, uh, constructive criticism. And get ready to go and make improvements. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, you know, um, what was it like up there? Your first game back? So. <laughs> it felt good. I was comfortable. You know, we did some different things on defense. Um, I mean, things worked, things didn't work. But that's every week. So I think, um, like I said, it's, it's coming together. It's only one game. We're still on the hunt. So I mean, the team's feeling good, and we believe in coach, and we're going to keep executing. Our, we got to execute better. And what will be some of the areas where y'all need to is it tighten up the zones or, uh, you know, he found some holes in the zones. I don't know how he fixed the zone part. Well, like I said, we're going to go look at it. Um, coach does a hell of a job of, of doing making corrections, so we'll, we'll get with Coach and he'll get us to fix it, and that's what we'll do. We'll work on improving and get ready for next week. Okay, we're going to wrap up here with some defensive notes. Um, this shouldn't take long, <laughs> but uh, Rashawn Evans had a career-high 13 tackles. Uh, Jalen Hawkins had a, a career high ten, and y'all, you know, you know, we don't want the safeties making that many tackles. That means uh, uh, they're getting behind the linebackers. Uh, Cornell Armstrong finished with eight. You know, they went after him, so he had to tackle. He had eight, and he had one pass breakup. Grady Jarrett, we gave y'all his line already uh, with the sacks and all the, the quarterback hits. Uh, Darren Hall had a career high six tackles. Lorenzo Carter had two tackles, a sack, one quarterback hit, one tackle for loss. He now has 2.5 sacks on the season and 17 for his career. You know, that's what the Falcons needed to do was to get after Joe Burrow, and they weren't able to do it on a consistent basis. And then lastly, D'Angelo Malone had a tackle, um, one tackle for loss, one quarterback hit, and his first career sack. So give it up for D'Angelo Malone for his first career sack. And, uh, you know, that was uh, – he's one of the guys they, you know, drafted to help the pass rush. So with that, we're going to close out the 362nd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Woo, the Falcons got steamrolled up here in the uh, Queen City. The Bengals were in control from, from the beginning to the end. Falcons did, you know, they're going to fight. They they did put together a nice 16-play drive, nice uh, kickoff return, um, you know, got a field goal out of it. But, you know, they were never in control of this game at all. And the Bengals uh, showed why they, you know, got hot late and went to the Super Bowl last year. They got one of the finest young quarterbacks in the game. 
they got to fix their offensive line. They can't. They, they're not springing Joe Mixon in the run game. So it's not a championship looking team, but it's one that could score some points and throw the ball around. And that's what did in the Atlanta Falcons today, 35 to 17 at Paycor Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio. With that, we're going to ask you all to take care and have a great week. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.